Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. There you can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title free, and get started now. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, episode 87, brought to you by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, J-Mac, a.k.a. Founder Numero Uno, and I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Popfly himself, Founder Numero Dos, Ben. Here's the thing about fences. Baseball. Ben, what's going on, man? Well, howdy, howdy, howdy. Uh, love me some fence talk. What do you want to talk? Post chain link? I think it's baseball postseason, so we should talk about post. Oh, my God. That was a great joke. You know who appreciates a great joke? I think he's out there on the field right now. Let's see who's coming up to bat. Ladies and gentlemen, now batting cleanup for the Outfielder Podcast. Number three, the great. Sam Bino. Hello again, Sam. Hello, gentlemen. Good to be back with you, sir. Good to have been back, all three of us together. Postseason baseball. How's everything going? Reunited, and it feels so good. Sure does. So dang good. Plus, I'm watching Scherzer pitch. uh, Two balls, two strikes in the top of the fourth as Washington is tied with the Dodgers. And with that, we will be doing a live stream of the first game of the NLCS on Friday. So everybody That's needs to make sure to check that out. That's a shameless that, plug right there. Yes, this Friday the 11th. If you uh, like what you're hearing here, you'll like it even more on Friday. Because if you think we sound good on Mondays, you haven't heard us till we've been talking for a full week. Uh, We're just I, getting warmed up. That's true. That's a good way to look at it. Because, and we do know that Ben and I, not good in the morning time. Oh my God, Sam, did we tell you about our morning podcast? No, you have a morning pod? No, we tried doing the outfielder oh. once. Like this was episode three or four in the really early days. We recorded it at night, like on a Friday. We didn't like the way it sounded or we had an issue with the audio. So we we're just like, we'll just re-record it next morning. And we tried like a 7.30 a.m. downbeat for recording the podcast. And it was rough. It was real. Bad. That is not good. I was drinking right. coffee and struggling to keep up with Ben's jokes, and Ben was struggling to make the jokes. It was just Our <laughs> energy was so low. <laughs> we were just so cowed down and stuff. It was actually funny that you guys bring that up because the episode that I did, or that Sam and I did while I was in Atlanta this past weekend, which is out now for your listening pleasure, 86, great Ooh. time. Uh, I had to put the header and, header and footer on that like early in the morning, and it took everything in me to make sure I didn't sound like it was early in the morning. I totally get it. To Which, it by the way, I, uh, I've i just queued it up on the iTunes podcast app. Uh, tell me about the Atlanta trip. Well, uh, Give me a teaser. Man, Atlanta trip was great. We had a great time. We watched a shit ton of baseball overall. Did a lot of good eating, as usual. That's not really out of the ordinary whenever I'm in Atlanta. But, um, yeah, it was an awesome trip. I, I know I had a good time. Yeah, I think we watched like seven baseball games probably yeah some like start to finish eight. easily yeah. one, one of them in person yeah and like, well, i mean it was to the point where like we were up until like two in the morning like watching baseball which we'll get to in a little bit because that's a whole other thing 
We had Korean that? food. We had barbecue. We had Italian. It was delightful. We covered That's the, awesome. Covered the globe and spectrums of food. It was great. Hey, I'm all about a world tool, world tool, world tour of cuisine. That's fantastic. Yeah, man. Uh, the game was great. It was great to see. It was a very different environment from last time I was there. It, where so last time I was there, it was Chipper uh, Jones bobblehead night, which was awesome. Have that, mm-hmm. and um, it was raining, and so like everybody packed into the concourses, and it's not like Globe Life Park in. Arlington where there's room for that specifically so we could barely walk around like we were you know like just struggling to like cut through people the first time and everything so this actually afforded us the opportunity to walk around to see the actual like some of the different characteristics of the park and just some different viewpoints that I don't think that I necessarily appreciated the first time well that's that's really cool um you mentioned Chipper Jones. Did you notice he made headlines at game one of the Braves game? Yeah, that's bullshit. So he so <laughs> go, go ahead and tee it up for the good people. So basically, uh, during game one, someone hits a pop fly into the right field stands just behind the, the first base dugout. I said right field stands. The first base stands in foul territory. And uh, this dude catches it. And lo and behold, it's Chipper Jones barehanding a baseball in the audience. What the fuck? Un- unbelievable like this guy could get one of those balls anytime he wants doesn't he have enough memorabilia i've been to like 500 games that i've never gotten a ball not a home run not a foul ball not no, not one thrown to me nothing and chipper could like get a bucket for free of sign balls from every player and i i bet though i bet he gave it away like i mean you got to figure he was like here where's the closest mm-hmm. kid let me throw it did i ever tell you all the story of how i got a, a baseball in a game no, let's hear it. Yeah, so I was like eight or something, and the Royals were playing in Texas, and both teams were terrible. It was probably late July, and people didn't want to be there. But we were sitting in the bleachers next to the opposing team's dugout, and uh, you know, just as a kid, sticking your head over the fence, like, "Hey, can I have a baseball?" And I bugged enough people to where someone gave me a baseball, and then midway through the game, some dude, um, I think his name was. Some pitcher, terrible pitcher, uh, signed the ball for me. It was either Billy Brewer or Butler or something like that. Uh, Billy Brewer is the mascot, so I really hope that was it. Billy Butler was the gigantic first baseman slash DH. There was a Billy that pitched for the Royals. I'm going to look this up. Y'all talk amongst yourselves about positive baseball memories. I was just going to go back to shitting on Chipper, if that's all right, because, I mean, that's just... I guess it's, it's random numbers, right? He's sitting in the right spot. He's in like a high, um, he's in an area where that's like a very likely hood that he would get a foul ball. But still, like, I guess I'm just personally mad and I'm taking it out on Chipper that he got a foul ball and I, I still have not. That's a- any any game, not high school, not minor league, not major league, Chipper Jones sits there for five seconds and gets a foul ball. So I think the word you were looking for was he was sitting in an area that had high propensity for a foul ball. So yeah, that'll work. Yeah, helping help we we help each other out with the vocabulary words here. That's what we do. It, this is what happens when I try and whip out ten dollar words when a four dollar <laughs> word will do just fine. Like, I don't have to say it like that, but I'm I'm searching for the words and then I just like fumble around and mess it up. You actually didn't fumble over it. You got it just fine. What? I, but uh, I, I'm a hundred percent with you here. I think it's bullshit that Chipper Jones happened to catch it. He can get one of those at all points in time. Also, 
I don't think that he would give it to somebody else. I think he's really? one of those guys. I, he's I a know. nice guy. Is he a nice guy? That's what I've been led to believe. Hmm. Maybe I I'm like. Maybe I'm yeah, projecting he, my hatred for AJ Przinsky in the booth on him because that's another <laughs> thing we got to talk about. Wow. Yeah, he and Joe Girardi were. I don't want to say trading blows, but they were definitely not getting along. They were bad. Their chemistries <laughs> did not work. Did y'all care about who this pitcher was, or yes. y'all don't really care? Yes. I oh, yes. Care. Okay, so his name's Billy Brewer, pitcher, through uh, 93 through 95 for the Royals, did a year with the Yankees uh, and Oakland, and then three years at the Phillies. So seven years in baseball. Career earned run average out of the pen uh, is 479. War of 1-9, wins and loss, 11-11. and 11. Take that, Justin. He does exist, and he's not the mascot. Let me tell you this, though. This guy sucks, and I'll tell you why. I don't care what you do. If your last name is Brewer, you sign the minimum contract, whatever you've got to do to play for the Brewers, at least for a season. you got to do it. Well, I don't know this. How do we know he's not currently the mascot for the Brewers? That's a, good, that's a really good question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assign you to look into that. You got it. I'll see y'all in three months. I'm going to go on a road trip and figure this out. So by that logic, would you say that Angel Hernandez gives good calls to the Angels? Mm, that I don't know about because, he, first of all, he can't make a good call to save his life. And second really? of all, we should we ha, we said that's another offseason thing we're going to look into is what is it going to look like whenever we start looking at different umpires and the calls that they make. We, what do we decide? It wasn't going to be win, win above replacement. It was going to be car, right? Calls above replacement or something. That sounds right. That definitely sounds right. Um, we also tossed around the idea of doing fantasy umpires during the next season. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I yes. forgot about that. <laughs> so it's funny. We're doing a compliance update at work, and they were like, oh, yeah, don't talk about, uh, don't talk about, you know, don't utilize your work computer for fantasy sports stuff. And uh, someone was like, is there only fantasy football? Like, is there fantasy basketball? And I, my dumb self chime in with there's fantasy everything. And I mentioned the things I said on episode 84 uh, or excuse me, 85, how I did fantasy Congress. And I found out from y'all about fantasy bird watching mm -hmm. and someone immediately, like, people are laughing and stuff. We're having a good time. And then someone immediately goes and just, throws me under the bus and says, I don't want to hear about your bird fantasies and like moves on. And I was like, Whoa, that's not damn. the point. Like you can't say that in the office. And uh, <laughs> it was rough. At least it wasn't our office. I don't want any controversy like that in here. Yeah. We're, we're bird watchers <laughs> to the highest order. Um, that's right. Can we go back to uh, skewering Joe Girardi and AJ Pruszynski for a minute? Because yeah, what was bird talk leaving you foul? Yes, it was Ben. They were so bad in the booth. I don't know how to describe to you how bad. It's almost like you could you could hear Joe Girardi's suit fitting poorly. That's how bad it was. <laughs> a lot of wrestling on the microphone. A lot of that. A lot of just like trading really stupid back and forth comments, but then like trying to one up each other each time. And it just it, the whole thing was just horrendously terrible. It really was. It was like the first episode of the outfielder where we didn't know what in the heck we we're doing. <laughs> Yeah, there much. was a lot of Joe Girardi. I don't th I don't think maliciously asking questions of AJ Pierzynski that were really hard for him to answer. He, he would be like, so, AJ, like, tell us tell us what you think about 
how do you prepare for a hitter that you really struggle like, struggled against in your career? And AJ would just like ramble way into right field and never even like approach answering the question. <laughs> what if AJ would have been like, I don't know, man, if I would have known, I would have prepared against him or just like throw away. <laughs> that answer. would have been better than what he gave. Like, I'm telling you, there was a time where he talked for like a minute straight. And like at one point, Sam just looked at me and was like, what the hell is going on? Why is this guy still talking? <laughs> it was that bad. Like, I'm not kidding. They've got Joe Girardi needs a manager position just to get out of the booth because it's terrible. So. Where where do we land on, on where he might end up? Because didn't he start getting meetings? Yeah, so it seems like it's going to be either the Mets or the Cubs is kind of what I've heard last last uh, I checked into it, which was maybe yesterday. I feel like Mets. I know we yeah. talked a lot about the Cubs, but Mets, seem, that seems like a different fit. Joe does seem like a no-nonsense guy, and I don't think that's the organization you go to if you're a no-nonsense guy. I mean, that's what they need, but I don't think that's going to work is kind of the problem. They're, they need a nonsense guy, like Ben Baseball. <laughs> and wouldn't the Yankees fans just, like, crucify him if he went to the Mets? Oh, my God, so bad. So badly. You got to think that's kind of the ultimate accomplishment though if you're able to win a world series with both though ultimately right yeah that's, that's a, good a really good stat to see what mm. managers have managed teams in al and l to world series victories it's mm. a good good thing to look into I feel like casey stingle might be the last one but let me see now you're just making things up yeah that doesn't oh. sound accurate <laughs> billy brewer yeah <laughs> Yeah, Ben is one for one here. So, I mean, maybe he is right. I don't know. Casey Stengel, Miglitz <laughs> Nelson, like all these <laughs> baseball names. Okay, that second one is a real person. <laughs> Partial. Um, I, I just, uh, yeah, he's just terrible in the booth, though. They've got to get him out of there. Like, he, he and, and so, like, the other thing is that we noticed, and he, so there are different tendencies whenever you record yourself and you go on the air. We know this by just doing what we do all the time, and, like, they're, Everybody has these like verbal cues, whatever they're either thinking or they're, you know, they're trying to get together what they're going to say. The common one is using uh stuff like that. It's just common and you have to work on it to get it out. It just takes some time. He makes this weird noise where he kind of goes uh, uh, whenever he's like trying to get to a point and it sounds like a race car like revving up or something. And he does it constantly and it's just really uncomfortable. Yeah, not a good public speaker. Um, not really saying that I'm a good public speaker, but that dude's on national television. Yeah. That's and we're not there yet. Getting there. Yet. One episode at a time. That's right. Honestly, I think it would have been better if either of them were on uh, in the booth, but not both of them together. Mm, yes, I agree with that because I've actually heard Pierzynski in the booth and he's fine, but I just think that Joe was trying to like, softball him some questions and it just they weren't landing right and he just didn't really know how to answer them yeah it was very strange and it sounded very poor thankfully, on the opposite the, oh sorry i didn't mean to interrupt go ahead no i was gonna say thankfully thankfully the games were good yeah for sure i just on the opposite side of that i feel like aj brzezinski should have been able to answer some of these questions though yeah definitely they were about like his personal experience preparing the the lone example i can think of is when joe asked him how do you prepare for a hitter that you've struggled against and he, I swear, there's like seven seconds of pause and then like no good answer. Yeah, it's so true. He rambled on for like a minute straight. Maybe he never prepared for a game. Mm, that would 
be would that be surprising? I mean, you don't just stumble your way upwards into the major leagues, do you? Raw talent. Mm. He's a catcher too. You always need somebody who's going to catch well. That's a very good point. I feel like Mitch Moreland stumbled his way up in the major leagues. Mm, I like Mitchy two bags. Did we ever find uh, any uh, result on that manager thing? Yes, the most recent manager to win ball games in both the American and ball games to win the World Series, both AL and NL. Tony Larusa. Really? Yeah. Uh, National League first with the 06 Cardinals, American League with the 89 Athletics. Hmm. I, I would not have pegged that, to be honest. Yeah. And Casey Stingle, I named him because he was a uh, Yankees Glory Day manager in the 50s. He also became the Mets first manager but he retired from the Mets in 65. So he didn't win them to, he wasn't over them in 69 when they first won their championship. If we're talking history of managers and stuff like that, also a big fan of Billy Martin getting fired from the Yankees twice. Pretty funny. (laughs) Like, how do you let that happen? (laughs) It takes a special kind of talent. Yeah. Like fool me once fine. But the second time you got to think you had to have seen it coming. Although we are talking about Steinbrenner here, the old, you know, the old Steinbrenner. So that's, you know, he was pretty unpredictable and volatile. I wish we still had him around mm. in certain ways. As far do you as think like he'd the come on this pod, or do you think he wouldn't even care to know what a podcast is? He would I never think he would shit on this pod. True. And he would never listen to a podcast. Never in a million years. Especially given that I, my allegiance to the Red Sox. I think that's a given. But uh, Sam and I were talking about the other day, like Hall of Fame stuff and everything. And I feel like Tony LaRusso is one of those guys where he was just outside of my time frame. So I don't really know. Like, I know a lot about it, what he's done. And like, and I know he's extremely important to the game, but I just don't know a lot about the specifics. So I never would have guessed that in a million years. Yeah. Good call. So, so I actually have his managerial record in front of me. Hmm. He managed. Um, well, I had it in front of me in the, my computer. He was over the Cardinals for five years and took them uh, to two World Series wins, uh, six and 11. Uh, Screw that guy. Uh, But his managerial record overall, he was 5,097 games managed, 27-28-1 and 23-65 lost for a win percentage of 536. His postgame winning percentage is 547. That's pretty good. I mean, I would be interested. Like, we talked about this when we were talking about Joe Madden and stuff like that last time or a couple episodes ago now, where, like, it, it feels to me like the longer you go, the closer to around 500 you're going to be. And I guess that's mm-hmm. just how baseball works out. Yeah, I mean, he managed from 1979 to 2011. So, he did it for a bit. <laughs> so, how many? So, he was with the Cardinals for how long, though? Uh, so he was with the Cardinals from 96 to 2011. Okay. Uh, he started with the White Sox 79 to 86, the Athletics 86 to 95, and then ended his career with the Cardinals. Okay. Because, yeah, I know him obviously mostly from Cardinal stuff, but it's just it's one of those things where I, I wouldn't have even really known about those other teams, particularly the White Sox. Yeah, I had no idea about that. Yeah. Interesting. It, it was, The 80s were a weird time, man. It's very sure true. Were. I mean... Was there actual baseball going on then, or is that just like a big blank in the history books? Uh, I think it was just cocaine. I mean, we got I mean we got a Bill Buckner situation happen there, which we used the oh, other day yeah, during that's the, true. the Rays Eesh. game. So the bitch and stashes and all that stuff were definitely there. 
I was going to say mustaches and cocaine yeah. and mustaches with cocaine on them. Yes. Almost. Hey certainly. man, you got to sweep that floor. That's right. What's the old jokey? Uh, he he's doesn't uh, like cocaine. He just likes the way it smells. Yeah. Something like that. Well, with that, <laughs> I think that's the best transition we're going to come up with. Let's do the POS corner. This is Paul Ramham from WBAT in Cincinnati. We interrupt this regular scheduled programming to bring you this breaking news bulletin. It appears that people have been called pieces of shit from around the globe. Baseball players in particular seem to be the main target. However, no person, concept, or universe is exempt from this cruel but very usual punishment. The perpetrator has been identified as the great Sambino. Police have confirmed that he is still at large and about to take his piece of shit corner. Ding, ding, ding. Huge piece of shit. Hello, America. Let's talk pieces of shit. Uh, my piece of shit for this week is none other than Zach Grinky. Now, just bear with me for a minute because Zach Grinky is actually really, really good at baseball. He has a career war of almost 72, career ERA of 3.35, uh, over 2,600 strikeouts, career whip of 1.1. Um, he's got 205 wins against 123 losses. He's been really good for a really long time, like consistently a number two, three guy, depending on which team he's on. I guess he's been in the one spot for a little bit too. But um, he's also been extremely good this season. He has a 2.93 ERA. Um, he's 18 and five, and he struck out 187 batters. He was good with um, the Diamondbacks, and he was good with the Astros. He was not good, however, yesterday in two very important ways. First, um, before the game, he gave a very Bill Belichick sort of mandatory press conference thing. And he just had like the biggest shit eating grin on his face as he dodged questions. Um, even simple ones like, hey, what's it like to go play a playoff game near your hometown? And talk to me about the, the difficulties of playing at the Trop. And he just says, I don't know. Like... Mm. You Come can't on. tell me that it's nice to play near your hometown and like, don't, don't tell me you don't know about the challenges of that baseball park. Mm. Um, he was doing everything he could to get off that podium and not answer questions. And he, I mean, again, to me, I, I think he had a little bit of a shit eating grin on his face. Like he was Knew what enjoying he was doing. being dodgy. And then he went and he gave up six earned his career or his uh, ERA for the postseason is now over 14. So, so this is one of the situations where I'm glad that they reset the stats because that shows how much of a piece of shit he really is right now. Yeah, I agree with that. My thing about this is, being a Patriots fan, watching Bill Belichick do this all the time, there's a very specific personality that you have to carry to be able to do that and to be able to just not answer questions if you don't want to answer it or what, however you want to do, but to act like that in general. And there's really only one person I can think of that can pull that off, and that's Bill Belichick. And I've seen a lot of managers and coaches try to try this tactic. I've actually never seen a player try this, so I need to go look up this press conference when we get done. But it never works because you've got to have an ironclad personality behind that. When it comes down to it, Bill Belichick doesn't want to answer those questions because he doesn't want to answer those questions. That's what it comes down to, not because he's trying to fuck with people. Yeah, I think it came out that he was trying to fuck with them. And the way that he answered things, he gave you like the start of the answer and then would stop. Not just like, I don't know, next question. I don't know, next question. It was very weirdly calculated, or maybe not calculated at all. 
So I think that the one thing when you're trying to do a Belichick-like press conference is to Justin's point, you got to have the personality for it. Otherwise, it won't fly. But also, you got to have the skins on the wall. Like, right. otherwise, you're just bullet yourself. Exactly. That That's 100% what helps back that up is the fact that you have to win. That's all it comes down to. And he's been good in Houston. Do we know what his numbers have been in Houston so far? Let me look. Um... So for Houston, he has a 3.02 ERA. He has played 10 games. He's 8-1, and one, um, 21 earned, and 52 strikeouts. So for, for the year across both teams, he's given up 68 runs, and he gave up six last night. Okay, and he's wow. got a 2.93 ERA across both for the year. So, I mean, he's been, and I guess this is not like or unlike him, He's been relatively quiet since he's been there, but he's never particularly noisy yeah. in, in general. I mean, I don't know that anybody remembered that he's been in Arizona for the last three years. Well, he hates crowds. He doesn't like the spotlight. He actually crumbles under that pressure. So I feel for the guy, it's a mandatory presser. Don't be a dick. Just, you know. Control what you can control, and that's something you can definitely control. I Yeah, I think so. And he did it wrong. Yeah. That's a good POS. I like that. All right, Ben. You're next. In today's POS Corner from Ben Baseball, we have Ben Baseball. Mm. Getting a nod of approval from Atlanta. Continuing the trend of calling out not each other, but, but ourselves. Oneself, because that has been exposed as a loophole. Yes. So, <laughs> We've been doing uh, it all. Two Wednesdays ago, I went to one of the last home games at Globe Life Park in Arlington was absolutely fantastic. Uh, the Red Sox hung like 10 to 1 on the Rangers. It was really sad. But I wanted to say goodbye to the old temple. It makes makes perfect sense. Uh, this was also the first ball game I've caught by myself. It was just a solo baseball trip, mm. uh, which was definitely a different dynamic. We'll get into how that does or doesn't help with anxiety and existential depression. But what's important here is snacks okay so i go up i bring a bag of peanuts with me and i decide i want to go get uh some nachos and a dr pepper right souvenir cup no big deal whatever and so i go and i um i find my seat i kind of get my bearings i got there really early because i went there right after work and so i put uh, i put my peanuts in my chair so i didn't have to run around with them i go and get my nachos and soda and i come back and as i'm walking down the little thing this person sits down and like, this is an hour before first pitch. So there is no one else in the section. I was like, Oh, these people are just taking my seat, whatever. But as I'm watching and I'm like approaching with my little tray of food, I see her pick up my bag of peanuts and just throw them into the row behind her. And like the bag was open. What? I didn't lose a ton of peanuts, but like, what the heck? And by this point, I'm about three steps behind him, sort of on my way down. And I say, hey, why why you got to be throwing my peanuts? You know, because I don't know what else to say. And I hate confrontation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, not me. I would have fed on this situation. Well, that's the thing is I thought I was 100% in the right. Uh-oh. But I was not because I was in Section 47 <laughs> and my ticket said Section 46. Yeah, but. That doesn't give her the right to throw your peanuts. So I think she just assumed that it was leftover ballpark trash that no one cleaned up, mm. which 
which I'd be agitated by, but like, anyway. So I'm a POS for not being able to read my ticket correctly. Eh, yeah, you're not wrong, but she's way more wrong. Yeah, I mean, I want to say that this was pretty intentional. It sounds like it. I mean, it sounds like we're dealing with a real piece of shit out there, and it's not you. I bet she does much worse things in many other environments. Yeah, she mm. seemed like someone who parks in handicapped spots without a tag. Uh, yes, I would definitely agree with that. So I don't think you're the POS here. I think that she is. I mean, regardless, like I don't feel like that's an appropriate response just to toss it in the row behind you. That's not how you clean up garbage at a ballpark. Just shove it under your seat or whatever. I yeah, mean, I think that uh, her reaction was pretty nuts. <laughs> good Lord. It's good. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. Good social commentary here. Mm, yes. We were just talking about that, too, about annoying things at ballparks. But that that is definitely, uh, it just feels very presumptuous. Like, did she even look around to see if there were owners of set peanuts? I don't think so. Hmm. Once again, I was sort of like 10 rows back making my way down and like, oh, it looks like they might be in my row and just, you know. Got it. What'd she say? Did she say anything when you said, hey, well, why are you throwing my penis? She say, she said, you're in the wrong in section? My seat, and then her person pulls out, her um, husband or whoever pulls out the tickets and was like, here, look, son, I'm going to show you how to read this ticket. And then once I realized it, I was in the wrong and I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm in the next section over or I'm in I'm in 46. This is 47. The dude goes, oh, yeah, that's going to be one right there. And I was like, I know where it is. Like, I what understand that it doesn't look why, why like that. <laughs> I'm getting mad just listening to this story. Like, these guys are big leaguing you. Like, yeah, you don't have to tell me where this granted it looks like I don't know how to read a ticket, but I get that. So <laughs> I, I, I kind of get that. But come on, it's an easy mistake to make. We've all made that mistake at different points in time. Like that's that's really common. Right. You know what I would have done? And this would not have gone over well. This would have been very like inflammatory. I would have handed the peanuts to the woman and said, hey, could you throw them to my seat? <laughs> I would have loved that. You were- gonna make a commentary about her size and call her an elephant or something and i was like goodness gracious no we didn't even need to go that far that's i didn't just... know that uh, sh- her weight had entered the conversation me neither i'm sorry just, yeah I-, I think you're not the asshole here that that is all of that behavior is just outrageous to me and the fact that he big lead you and was saying like oh well that's the next section over like a real asshole right I know the difference in 46 and 47 once it was pointed out to me. Well, yeah, but again, an easy mistake to make. You're there by yourself. You know, I mean, there's there's a lot of factors that go into that. I rely on Claire to check behind me to make sure I'm reading the ticket the right way and the row the right way and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, I didn't have my handlers with me, so I'm <laughs> just a total mess. <laughs> so does that make that one over there 45 or no yeah, that's 45, 45 46 and works. then 47 wait a second oh i thought it went every other number now i got it now i see what was wrong fuck you all right ben good pos Thank good you. social commentary i want to know more about going to the ballpark by yourself but that's for another day i think absolutely all right we touched on this at the very beginning of the episode my pos of the week is games that start at like eight o'clock nine o'clock on the west coast I have been so irritated by this because I have lost so much sleep over the last like four days, five days or so as the playoffs have been on 
And all these games have started at like so. Whenever I was on uh, in Atlanta with Sam, we had what we had a game every night that started at like eight o'clock, which yeah. goes till like almost two a.m. Eastern time. Those were long games, and they went a long time. And like I'm fine with all of that, but what my concern about it is, and the reason that I put this in the POS corner is, you've got baseball out here trying to uh, to attack the the issue of fan attendance and the youth of America not watching baseball the average age of a baseball as of a baseball fan went from 52 to 57 this year so that's a huge jump guess what happens when you put games on at eight or nine o'clock at night a kid that follows their team the dodgers the entire season unless they're on the west coast has isn't able to watch their game their team in the postseason and that's when that average age jumps to 62 next year they'll be asleep too right so you're starting to really awesome. close the gap. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that side of it. It was a great joke. And at the end of the day, this is really hurting the sport. And like, so today's a great example of, so it, obviously it gets a little bit chaotic with the wild card and like there's a lot going on in the early rounds. We talked a ton about that on the last episode where it's just, there's so much happening each day. There's four games in some days. It just gets to be a lot. But it, but like really when it comes down to it, you they could separate these into a couple of days like they did today where the Houston Astros played at, at 1 o'clock Eastern time. And yeah, that sucks because we're at work and we don't necessarily get to watch it. But the odds of a, a kid being able to watch the, the later games or whatever are much higher. And at least they're going to get to come home and watch some of the Astros game afterwards, if that's the case. Yeah. So today's Yankees-Twins game is at the Twins, so that's central time. That's a 740 central first pitch. That's absurd. That's absurd. Ben, would you let your daughter stay up and watch? No. Exactly. That game, so that's 8.40 my time. That game is going to end at 1.30 Eastern. It's crazy. Like, we were okay. struggling to stay awake, and we're the most ardent baseball fans. So let me go one step further. Let's talk about numbers, okay? So the AL wild card game was one of the lowest-rated games ever it had 4.54 million viewers yikes. across espn and espn too yikes that's bad by contrast a garbage thursday night football game from this season tennessee at jacksonville on thursday night thursday had 6.32 million people view it there you and go. like they're bummed because that's a 27 percent decline in rating also and it's still two million higher than a baseball playoff game also, a quick sidebar for those that think that baseball games take too long, but like football, they can go fuck themselves, too, because that game that went head-to-head against the Dodgers was seven minutes shorter than that, that football game. So, bonus POS. Bonus POS. There you go. So, I, I mean, it's ridiculous. It really is. Like, it's had me dragging ass, like, constantly for the fast f- past four days. Like, when I was in Atlanta, we were, like, Sam and I were just intermittently sleeping because we were staying up until, like, two in the morning. So, it would be, yeah. like, one in the afternoon and be like, I'm going to go take a nap for an hour. But, uh, come on. We have to do that to be able to watch baseball. But time out. That's a mark of a really good trip. No, don't get me wrong. Not <laughs> complaining there. But didn't I could have maximized that time by not having to sleep in the middle of the day because I wouldn't have to stay up until one thirty in the morning. Jesus, Justin, you're complaining about sleeping. What has gotten into you? <laughs> Come on. I love sleeping. Come on. So this weekend marked the first time in maybe since I was an infant that I took a nap <laughs> on consecutive days. <laughs> That's a landmark in and of itself. 
And can we just, can I just quickly, quickly say how good it is to be a West Coast sports fan? So today on the West Coast, the game started at 10 a.m. That's That's baseball wall to wall during waking hours. That's, that's baseball brunch right there. I mean, it's the same with football. It's it's awesome out there. Don't you think that they could like do one early game a day and that would completely solve the problem? It seems like it. Yeah. Other than the fact that they're not going to do that today whenever they started playing earlier anyway. So and day games are just like inherently more variable in their outcome. Right. And are the playoff number or like are the attendance and viewership numbers really going to be all that different? No, they're not. Yeah, I feel like if it's a two o'clock first pitch on a Thursday, but it was the Rangers, I still think they'd sell it out. Oh, definitely. Because it's playoff it's playoff baseball. baseball. I mean, if it were the Ra- the Rangers and whoever the team is on the other side, like that would sell out no matter what, just on that the fan the other fan side alone too, with traveling games and stuff like that. I can attest to that. Last year when the Red Sox won the World Series, I took off days of work to make sure that I was, you know, able to watch the games during the day. It just makes sense. It really does. And I don't understand why baseball insists on trying to fix these dumb problems that don't really exist whenever they're creating some of these problems by doing really stupid things. That's yeah, really they're fixing the wrong problems. Consistently. So that's my POS of the week. Good corner, boys. Nice one. If you have questions about time zones, have I got to tell you, you can learn all about them, where they come from, where they are, what time it is. Yeah, I'm telling you, today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com SLM. There, you can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title for free, and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash SLM and get started now. Make sure to let me know what you think of those books about time zones. I bet you'll have the time of your life. Boom. Give an applause for that one. It's good stuff. All right. So we've talked broad strokes around the playoffs and how they've been so far. And Sam and I did a brief rundown of it when we were uh, doing the show together the other day, but let's do a quick update on where everything is just since we're we're uh, here, and I want to talk through a couple of the games and everything and see how we're feeling. Ben, do you want to start kind of laying it out? Absolutely, I do. So, um, depending on when the last episode you caught, in the American League, Tampa beat Oakland in the wild card game. Tampa is now playing against Houston. Houston is up on that series two to one. It looked like Houston was going to close it out today, but Tampa really woke up. Uh, So two to one today, they'll play again um, on Thursday. And then the other games in the American league, we have the twins in uh, they're down two games to nothing against the Yankees. Yankees are up two on them. That's on the AL side on the NL side. Uh, in a heartbreaking loss, the Brewers uh, got beat by Washington in the wild card game. So now we have Washington against the Dodgers. That game is happening right now. Uh, LA is up two to one in that series right now, and they're really trying to put the final nail in the Nationals' coffin. 
And then finally, the games that Justin and Sam were checking out, Atlanta and St. Louis. We have a tied series at 2-2. Two to two. And that's where we stand in the postseason. Sam, where do you want to go first? So I just want to like, I have a broad comment and I'm super surprised that there are not more um, two to zero, three to zero clinched um, series. The Yankees are the only team that are um, blowing out their opponent. They're leading the twins two to zero. I fully expected Washington to fold and not pick up a game against the Dodgers. Um, But the Dodgers Gave up one. Uh, Tampa Bay also came away with the win. I fully expected um, the Astros and um, the Dodgers to, to blow out their opponents. And that hasn't happened. I'm glad you brought that up because I saw this on Twitter earlier. Uh, Jeff Passon tweeted it. Today, for the first time ever, four teams will host playoff games that could end their season on the same day. That's pretty crazy. Wow. That's pretty cool. None of that happened, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Twins go home sad tonight. Yeah. Um, and then I guess, where do we want to start off? Probably the, the Braves and the Cardinals, because that's probably the most competitive series going on. Definitely. Um, all the other ones are more or less blowouts, even though they're not shutouts. Um, two evenly matched teams. You can never go sleeping on the Cardinals, right, Ben? Um, Shut up. I know. I'm, there, I'm right there with you. It wasn't a jab. <laughs> it was, no, it was in solidarity. We, we hate the Cardinals and their ability to really scratch out wins. Oh, I do too. I'm right there with you. They should be dead. Yeah. Well, and that's what happened today is uh, in today's game when the Braves are trying to put him away, it went to extra innings and Yadier Molina hit a home run to, uh, or hit a a clutch shot in order to put the final, the final run across the plate. Ben, this may shock you to learn. I'm not a Yadier Molina fan. (laughs) What? (laughs) Who would have thought, right? Neck tattoos. Not good. It's the everlasting job stopper. He also... (laughs) He also always looks like he's going to eat whatever opponent he's facing, which is bothersome to say the least. But anyway, yeah, no, this this series has been really competitive. It wouldn't be unlike the Cardinals to squeak out of something like this. Atlanta's the better team, though, I think. Yeah, I agree. Dallas Keuchel didn't look great today, and that didn't help their chances. But I mean, like Ben was saying, I mean, Acuna had the tying run and scoring position today, and they couldn't do anything with it. But it was, I mean... They've gotten close. Like even when Atlanta's gotten kind of blown out. I mean, the other night that they, they were down like seven to three, I think, and they yeah. came storming back and scored. I think three more runs and made it seven six. They still lost, but I mean, they they have the ability to to dive deep and come out of games. If they don't, if they don't have the success they're looking for this year, they are damn sure going to have it next year because yeah. Acuna but- and Albies as that one two pairing along with Freddie Freeman and Dansby Swanson have been really fucking good this year. Yeah, I'd add Josh Donaldson being really good and that pitching core also very good. Um, So also in the eighth inning, they had the bases loaded with Adam Duvall up. Adam Duvall um, has the most RBIs of anybody in the postseason. He has five. He has not started a game. Why is this man not starting? That's chaos. Why would you not do that? Is it injury or something like that? Or they're just looking for the right time to insert the pop? I think the outfield that they have is really good and they probably just... Um, cycle him in probably earlier in the game than they would in the, in the regular season. But he's he's got the hot hand, and they're not rolling with it. Hmm. He inevitably struck out with the bases loaded in the eighth, but um, that's the guy you want up to bat. Definitely. Oh, for sure. It's uh, You mentioned Donaldson earlier. How are his calves? Hmm. 
they seem unstrained this year. I think he had a lot of home runs. I think he had like, what, 34, 38 home runs? Something like that. I mean, I've never been a, a Josh Donaldson fan, really, just because of his general attitude. I think he's cooled out a lot lately, which we've talked about uh, at nauseum already. But yeah. like earlier, whenever he was up and had a chance to to have the go-ahead run, I was like yelling for him. Like I was on Josh Donaldson's side here. Like I was wanting them to put that thing away. And yeah. I, I mean, I felt my I found myself really pulling for him and one of his calves. Not both of them, though. I would say, <laughs> just half. No, no, no. pulling full, on him. You're gonna calf. strain him again if you pull on him too much. That's true. So you got to be careful here. <laughs> yeah, I think that series has been the most competitive by a long shot. It's it like there are times where it feels like the Washington and Dodgers series is competitive. I mean, it's two one, and I mean as we're recording this right now, Washington's up two to one, bottom of the fifth with two on. But I just I don't know. It, it still feels like Washington is overmatched. I think they're a better team than we gave them credit for in the regular season, but it just feels like they're overmatched. I don't know why that is. I would love if they skated past the Dodgers because I think that I think an a, a NLCS between the Braves and the Nationals would be a lot of fun. Absolutely. And uh, brief update: Washington just put another three across the plate. They're up five to one now. Yeah. yeah. What if they took down the Dodgers? How cool would that be? That'd be great. Well, so even if they win this game, they still have to do game five. It's so true. it's uh, it's certainly uh, certainly rare, but not outside the realm of possibility. Well, and so, momentum is on their side at that point, and that's what it comes down to. Yeah, I want to say, I don't remember the exact stat, but the numbers are ridiculous in a seven-game series. If a team comes back to win game six... Like there's an 82% chance or something that they're going to win game seven or some ridiculous number like that. Yeah, that sounds right. That definitely sounds, I, we need to look into those, those stats. Cause I know what they are for basketball, but, it, and, and they're very similar in a lot of ways, but I've never, I can't remember what they are in baseball, but I know they're very similar just because of the, the general like momentum that you gain by stealing like a game at home versus when he went right. on the road. And that's what I was saying about Tampa the other day is that if they were going to win one, they needed to win one at the trop, even though their home field advantage is like five people. <laughs> so, and two catwalks. Right. I don't know. What, what do you think about uh, playing at the trop when it's so close to your uh, hometown? Yeah. I don't know. Mm. What an asshole. But yeah, so I, I think, I think the worst case scenario and Sam and I talked about this after we got off the air the other night, the worst case scenario is that we have Yankees Cardinals in the World Series, in which case we will not be talking about baseball for the rest of the year on this podcast, period. Not doing it. Not doing it. No. Not not covering those either of those teams. Those are the two worst teams in baseball. Uh, well, you can't really say that. I guess the worst fan bases in baseball. There you go. We have a plan B if they do make it to the World Series. Um, we have things that we will talk about, but yes. it will not be about the World Series. Correct. Lots of Lots of different things, but not the World Series. I think Ben could be on board with that, right? I, yeah. I've heard some of the ideas, and they're dangerous. <laughs> they're going to be great. So let's just, I think everybody should hope that, I don't know, There's a, there, I guess there's two schools of thought here. Everybody should hope that this happens, but then at the same time, we're, we're going to be really grumpy if this does happen. Like, we're going to be very so, disgruntled that the season ended the way that it did, regardless of how it, it turns out. I get what you're saying about about the Yankees, but really the Cardinals? Like, out of all the teams in the NL, that's the team that you least want to see in the World Series right now? I mean, who else would you say should be there? Hmm. That's a good point. And also, I can't believe you're not on board with this. You hate the Cardinals. 
I hate the 2011 Cardinals. Mm, okay. I'm mm. told on good authority it's a different year. I go broad strokes. I hate the whole team. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. Just whole organization. That That's where my, <laughs> you and I look at this the same, Sam. I like that Ben is not painting everybody into one quarter. That's very nice of him. We're not that nice. Period. Well, I was almost run out of the Cardinals ballpark <laughs> summer <laughs> when I <laughs> went off on David Freeze on some poor parking guard. That guy had no idea who David Freeze was, period. <laughs> it's a great video, though. One of your finest. Um, so, yeah, any other thoughts about the playoffs as they have stood so far? Playoffs nope. overall or specifically there? Because I really thought Houston was going to uh, finish off Tampa today. I did, too. But I, I don't think that anything at the end of the day gets in the way of Houston. They are just so goddamn good. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like... No offense to Tampa, Minnesota, or Oakland, but I mean, this whole season has basically run up to an ALCS of the Yankees, Houston. Like it, it definitely has. I mean, we we talked about this last year, where like it felt like the Red Sox kind of had some resistance in the AL. It was never even close, dude. So like it kind of feels the same way for the Astros right now, where it doesn't it doesn't ever feel like it's going to be close. It's going to be closer because I think the Yankees are really good, but I just don't think the Yankees have the pitching. No. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think right. the Yankees will close out tonight, and then uh, it'll be funny to see if Washington can pull a fast one on Los Angeles. And up until they got up five to one, I didn't think it was happening. But then now they're up five to one in the in the bottom of the fifth. I mean, anything can happen. The consolation there, I think, is that Washington is wearing out LA probably more than LA would like. I mean, if they push it to a game five, they're going to throw everything they have at that game five and then be a little more depleted for game one of the CS if they win it. Agreed. And I think that gives Atlanta or St. Louis a really good shot at taking yeah. them down. Agreed. Yeah, and that game, uh, game five for St. Louis and Atlanta is at 502 Eastern on Wednesday. Yes. Awesome. And again, we'll be doing the live broadcast on Friday for the first That's game. Right. And LCS, no matter how that ends up, which will be electric. But we're hoping for the Braves, I think, collectively. I am 100% going to look at tickets. Do you think it would confuse our fan base if we, just to make it easy on everyone, we announced all the game times with Hawaiian time? Mm, that's what baseball would like to do. <laughs> telling you. <It's> absurd. <laughs> um, okay, so we've got about 10 minutes left. So Sam and I started kicking around a couple of ideas while I was in Atlanta. And I think what this comes down to, anybody that listens to this show or knows me, knows that I'm in the business of trying to fix these leagues at all points in time. I'm always trying to figure out a new way that we could do things that are better, that might work out, that you know would be more fair, advantageous. And so Sam and I started talking about some of these things. And I'm going to let Sam lead this off because I think we came up with a fantastic idea. And we specifically even said on the last episode, Ben, that we were waiting to get your reaction. So I'm going to let Sam okay. set this up to start. Uh while Sam's about just a shout out to the people who are streaming along live right now. Uh, Jason H uh, chimed in that AJ was elite in the booth and uh, that seems like a bad take, yeah, but definitely amazing. if you like what you're seeing or listening, let us know, leave a comment. We will try to call you out. We are all over the Facebook, maybe even on the YouTube some days. And of course you can always find us on Twitch, which I'm told is now something more than just what tweakers do at Waffle House. So make sure to check us out. Good plug. Good plug. All right, Sam, go ahead. 
Cool. So uh, this had to have been like hour 17 of us watching baseball. And we're just getting a little bit, you know, we're getting a little bit deeper into our thoughts as it relates to the game holistically. And I think, I don't remember the play. It must have been like, um, you know, close play at first and it got challenged. So the umpires trot over to the uh, video replay, replay area and they put on the headphones. They sit there. We're watching the umpires listening to someone in New York. It's really boring, right? Some of these calls, if they're close, it can take a while um, to make the call and get it right and get the right information from New York. So usually when um, the call is decided, the umpires take off their headset, they walk back onto the field and they either, they throw up their hand and say out or they'll give them a safe and then they'll point to second or whatever. You know, they're just very um, clinically giving the call. Now I believe firmly, and I think I have Justin's support on this, that this takes something away from the game. Um, and when an umpire makes a call in the moment, you get emphatic strike calls and really dramatic out calls and safe calls. I mean, they're mic'd up. You can hear it. They're super excited. They're screaming about, you know, safe. And these, these video replays um, take that away. So what I am proposing is a circle um, just near the, the video replay area where the umpire must put on his game face and give emphatic calls based on the information that he's getting from New York. I need him to get in that circle. I need the camera to be on him and I need him to sell me the, the human nature of that call and recreate it the way that he would have if he got the call right the first time. Ben Great thoughts. idea. Great idea. Would it be hindered or enhanced if he then made like a bat, boy from each team like act out the thing so then he could do the the full call mm, or yeah. do you just want the umpire standing isolated because there is something stark about the individual standing alone in a circle i want the one man show i want him to uh pay penance for his mistake see that is awesome <laughs> this is where we disagree slightly i think he does anything he needs to do to make that emphatic as possible. I'm talking do the Macarena. I'm talking do anything that is going to make it more eventful. If you've got to pull somebody out of the stands to help you out, to leapfrog them, to do whatever you've got to do to make your out call or your safe call, you should be able to do that. Either that, or they have to take a pie to the face. That's just, that's just across the board. Love it. It's just more pie. No, j Max over here saying, I need more puppets and I need fireworks. <laughs> and pie. <laughs> I had a friend suggest that before they instituted challenges, that the manager would have to light a signal fire to say that he wanted to challenge a play. <laughs> and this is akin to that. That's a great idea. It's a great idea. So, Ben, my question for you is, would the old school, old timer baseball audience of the average age of 57, as we have uh, discovered, would they approve of this rule change? That's a hard no there, J-Mac. <laughs> what would be the like biggest opposition, do you think? Uh, a, giving control back to the umpires that they're taking control away from, or even the illusion of control. How are they taking control away from them, though? Well, because now it's not just what I say initially. Like, now, what's New York saying? What's the replay saying? You know? That's how it is so now, like, 
I understand. But the illusion of then giving some of that power back, I don't think that the old schoolers would be all about. Hmm. Sam, I agree, what, but it's so Instagrammable. And that's what this comes down to. Like, I'm talking oh. like, I want like the scene in Naked Gun when Leslie Nielsen's behind the plate, like dancing and calling balls and strikes before the pitch is even thrown. Like, that's what I'm talking about. I want some some choreography here. There was like a real big string of movies in the 90s all about baseball. Baseball was huge. Yeah. Somehow. Major leagues. Yes. Great movie. Sorry. I could I could digress and we could talk baseball movies for the next four hours. That's very true. Um, okay. So the next idea, Sam, do you want to set this one up or would you rather me do it? No, go for it. Okay. So Sam and I, so I don't know if this was before or after, but we started talking about how, well, I know exactly what it was. We were watching one of the NL games, and the pitcher was batting, struck out in three swings. It was ridiculous, right? A waste of an out. And I looked at Sam, and I was like, we got to get rid of We need the designated hitter in the NL, period. And Sam, <laughs> deadpan looks right back at me and was like, I think we just get rid of a batting spot just in general. Let's just get rid of the eighth, the, the ninth guy and just make eight spots, and then that way both leagues are having to learn. And both leagues are on the same plane. I don't hate that idea if you're going to go that direction with it. It's definitely unique. (laughs) Do you think that the old school people would be more akin to buy that idea or the dancing idea? I said nothing of dancing. I just need them to sit in a chalk circle and give me some goddamn enthusiasm. Okay. In all honesty, they would be more for chalk circle and enthusiasm than they would be eliminating the ninth batter. Mm. (laughs) So, like, if they have to pick one, they're going with Sam's dance break. Yeah. Okay. But, like, think about if you, if just take, like, take what you know to, like, likely happen and not likely happen out of this. Is that really the worst idea in the world if you're changing the game all the way around anyway? No, I totally get that. Like, if you're going to change it, then don't just make one tiny little adjustment with a 10-second timer. Like, change the game. Yeah, don't half-ass it. Just really go whole ass on it. So I think the criticism from others would be, does that mean roster sizes are smaller? And that would have, you know, lots and lots of um, revenue and cost implications. There's also a player longevity concern too because a lot of guys once they can no longer play the infield they'll go to the dh or something yeah, yeah. that's true that's well you true. wouldn't have a dh no i i'm saying because you don't have it then oh, those oh, players okay. would be phased out quicker i got you yeah, yeah. no I, I mean arguably there's less strategy if there's no dh spot it's basically a flex spot you can do whatever the hell you want with that's just an extra batter right and there's there's uh, it removes some of that strategy for managers less less tools in their tool belt i think that the core idea here is Get the DH in the NL. Period. Yes, that one. Ding. Ding. There you go. Um, I know we had a third one. I don't remember what it is. We'll come. We'll come back to it though. I'm, I I, I actually, have one. You do. Okay, go ahead. So when we went into this today, I had no idea what these rule changes were going to be. But Justin told me there were three rule changes, and so I have one. I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch out there and see what y'all think. Someone for each team sits in the press box and they get one tranquilizer dart that they can use during the game. So maybe Trout's coming up and you got two men on. That's a pretty good time to use your trank dart. But if you miss, you miss. Mm. What do y'all think? 
I feel, I feel like we have to wait for 2021 and the collective bargaining agreement to come through, but I like it. So, Ben, you actually shared this idea with me briefly earlier. I, I think there's a, a slight way to tweak it so you're not poisoning people. I think that's probably where the CBA comes into play. Maybe the on-deck circle has just a dropout that, you know, you can just hit the button and they just drop <laughs> out into a pit. They fall, which fall would, into a big pie. Which would also help make the theatrics better, again, with the, you know, the theatrics. I And I feel like it, you, you had a little bit of safety to the game there. Yeah. Yeah. Less, no PED implications with that one. Just broken every leg bone. Right. I love it. No, I think we're going to keep working on this. Mm. Uh, s- to Justin's pie question, was there a specific pie that you were hoping for to start showing up in, in baseball games? No, not really. Just any pie. Okay. I'm not picky. Sam, do you have a, a pie preference when it comes to either A, showing up in ball games, or B, winter holiday meals? Excuse me, autumn holiday meals? So, very unpopular opinion. I don't like pie. There, I said it. What? I don't like pie. Hmm. I will like I like some pumpkin pie and some pecan pie, but like that's it. So okay. you do like pie? Not really. If you have to eat pie, that's where you're going, right? I will have maybe a maybe one slice of one of those pies once a year. Okay. Okay. I'm a cake guy. It's fair. We'll get we'll get back to this. It's not cake, it's cake, not cake, a popular cake, opinion. Cake. Lots of people love pie. I you know rhubarb pie. Get get it out of here. Yeah, I'm we'll be here. doing the live stream on 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 Friday. And I think that's a good time to talk about. Okay, pie yeah, rhubarb anything. Get it out of here. No, no, but no shit. If you like what you're hearing, make sure to check us out. We are all over social media. In fact, right now you can watch us do this thing with our faces on the social media. That's YouTube. That's Twitch. That's the good old Facebook. Plus, each of our shows have a home at sensiblyloud.com, and you can find each individual show on social media as well. So check out blogs. Huge props to J-Mac Founder for producing this and almost every other episode. So power to you all. It's absolutely wonderful to be coming at you live with episode 87 in Playoff Baseball. Playoffs are here. Almost another season in the books. I cannot wait to get to 100. We're so close and lots of sp- uh, special stuff planned for that. We want to thank everyone for tuning in for episode 87 of the Outfielder Podcast. We would like to thank all of our fans, Sensibly Loud Media, our sponsors, and those with the sharp eye to keep the runners close. Grounds crew, please keep patrolling that outfield. Don't text and drive. Big ups to Kevin Towers, and we'll see you right back here next time on the Outfielder Podcast. How do you make a rhubarb pie?